It's Thursday, November 1st, 2018, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 241. Zach is always an electron. Runtime for this episode is 57 minutes. Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast made up of many particles. My name is Jeremy. Mama, he's got magic hands. You don't understand. I'm Tyler. Song lyrics. Okay, I, right, all right. Song lyrics, right, gotcha. My name is Zach. I had nothing to go. We played Rayman Advance this week. <laughs> of all the Raymans we've played, it's the Raymanist. That is true. It's also a weird semi-dead franchise. Uh, they keep resurrect like Ubisoft keeps resurrecting it or every least, time they run out of Assassin's Creed. Well, at the very least, they keep threatening to actually resurrect it. I don't know that he's actually had a game in the last. There was 10 one years. on the Wii U, was there? Yes, yeah, Rayman like, Legends. I thought the only last game that he had was like as an announcer for one of those stupid Rabbids games. That seems right too. The Rabbids. I don't understand the Rabbids. They're basically just the minions, which I also don't understand. Exactly. They were really popular in people about ten years older than us. Gotcha. And I'm like, I get it, but I don't get it yeah like i get why they're funny i don't get why people like them so much i don't understand it anyway (laughs) speaking of things you don't understand zach what have you been playing i'm playing still a lot of mechware online because i still quite enjoy playing that game i actually booted up league of legends for the first time in a while played a couple games of that oh that's right i haven't heard you talk about league of legends in forever uh that's because in a lot of ways the same thing that happened with jeremy where i was like i want to do other things too Made me kind of slow down and stop playing League. I feel like Monster Hunter happened. No, I stopped playing League before that. Yeah, As someone who edits that. this podcast, I can confirm. Yeah, I believe that. But then also Monster Hunter. There was, a co- there was a combination of a couple of things happened in the actual game. And then I kind of just petered out because I wanted to do other things. And my computer, for whatever reason, reloading the client takes forever. And I don't know why. I played a couple games of that. Uh, I actually picked up Hacker's Memory again, which is a game that I wanted to play. A while yeah, that back. Was a while ago. I, yeah. You quit playing it. I beat the prequel and it. And now we're here. Yes. Exactly. Jeremy ended up starting after me and beating it before me. So I've been playing a lot of that. What I've started doing is because I'm doing a little bit of grinding for some stuff because there was a there was a Digimon. I want to find out what it looks like. Slash, well, at the time, what it was. I was talking to Jeremy about Let's it and he told it. me what it is. But uh, it's the fan service Digimon. Uh, naked okay. Angelmon? Uh, no, it's what if an angel woman and a devil woman fused. And if you don't think there's a big fanservice uh cutscene in the first Cyber Sleuth story game where that happens, you're wrong. The first Cyber Sleuth has a lot of weird fanservice in it. So anyway. Do, do you remember what this is called? Because I'm going to look it up while Zach continues talking. Uh, Mastamon. M-S-A-T-E-mon. Ma- okay. Okay. I just saw that it was one of those things that's like Angelmon plus Lady Devimon, and I was like, turns into what? Because most of them, I, I either knew what they were already or whatever, because I used to be a big fan of Digimon as a series. So I've been playing a lot of that, and one of the things that I started doing is, since I'm doing a lot of this grinding, I have an elliptical in my basement. So while I was doing a bunch of my grinding, I was just on my elliptical for like a half hour while I was doing that. Yeah, how's that been going? Because you mentioned that a while ago. Have you been doing that a lot? or? Well, actually, earlier I was doing it when I was playing a future assignment, because I could use my tablet. But because the PS4 has those wireless controllers and I have a pretty big TV so I can actually see it and do it from back there. I can't really read anything, so I don't really know what I'm necessarily doing when it comes down to like 
actually working things out, but because I'm doing grinding, I know what I'm grinding and I know what abilities I need to use in order to do that. The combat in those games is not very difficult, especially in the random encounters. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the bosses become a little bit more difficult, but in the actual gameplay, they're not too difficult, so I can just, you know, roll with it there. I, the area where I'm grinding is a little bit trickier because there's a couple of critters that you can run into that actually have death as part, like an instant kill chance, was just their passive. So that makes it a little different, but it's a fun game. And like I said, I'm grinding because I want to, but I think a lot of these higher level ones where you need to have specific, you know, 100% cam with two different things, plus ABL and whatever for all these. I think the more, more of the intent is that those are future playthroughs, new game plus creatures. Although as someone who got all the Digimon in that game, a thing you can very easily do is just get a couple Digimon to 100% cam with a high ABI and just cycle them through every form. So you guys have mentioned several ac- acronyms. So CAM is companionship, okay. which is you just get it. It's like friendship in Pokemon. ABI yeah, just... is ability. That goes up by you de-evolving Digimon mostly. Okay, so kind of like in uh, Disgaea where you can like respawn characters at level one. Yeah. Yes, it's not that punishing because they only go down one stage. And then that's usually, especially when you get the high, Megas are better than Ultimates, but not that much better. And they do drop down to level one when you do that, but their stats are actually already pretty good. So, yeah. and they do they drop they drop to level one whenever you change their form. So going down or going up. So when you go up to a different level, you usually it turns them into a glass cannon until they get some levels under their belt, so they actually have some HP. I think the game's fun enough, and I'm, I'm debating whether or not I want to just I'm, I'm going to get to that one because I've been putting in the effort already. But I've been debating whether or not I want to uh, just hang on all the other ones or wait on all the other ones and just do it on a second playthrough. You could do that for sure. I, though it, they make the game easier. The end game gets a little hard. I'm trying to think of how hard that one gets. Cause the first game I played the optional DLC bosses, which are actually pretty hard. And like, I needed the high grinding Digimon to beat them. But the actual final boss of that game did not really require that level of investment. I can't remember hacker's memory, how tough the final boss is. I, 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 I just remember it. having a Gallantmon crimson mode. Screw it up. I, I right now I have like in terms of mega forms I've got Shine Greymon which is from I think season five correct War Greymon because he was always one of my favorites so of course I went uh, I mean everyone loves War Greymon huh everyone loves War Greymon he has a Goku attack I never even watched Digimon and I know what a War Greymon is Metal Seedramon which I started with the Betamon which turned into Seedramon so I'm like yeah I'm gonna do the I'm gonna go all the way up there just because I can and I actually have a Rust Tyrannomon which is something I didn't know and it's the only it's the only virus mega I have and he's currently cooling his heels on the bench yeah he's one of the weakest megas in the game he's got a bad typing and stuff but a lot of the things that can evolve into him his other megas have high requirements like I think you can turn him back into a War Growlmon and get some of the good that's actually what he turned into from gotcha was uh, War Graumon because I was using a I needed like a decent virus type. You were using and him. One of the other reasons why I turned him into the Rust Tyrannomon was because it was available and I needed a virus type because I didn't have any virus type megas coming out. Yeah, I'm very confused. What's a virus type? Is that like a so Pokemon they have? Type well, they or? have three types in the game. They're kind. It's actually more close to the Fire Emblem Weapon Triangle. Okay. So you have data, uh, virus, and vaccine types. So vaccine is good against virus, but weak to data. Vi- uh, virus is good against data, but weak to vaccine. Okay, and they also have Pokemon types on top of that. Yeah, I was gonna so ask. Like, how they the have like uh, so you have like a fire virus, and that would be really good against like a grass data, or decent against a another grass virus, or actually kind of bad against a grass vaccine. 
Okay, so the, the overriding type has more bearing than the subtype. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so and it is really tricky if you have if you're trying to go up against something that you don't have the actual typing for, which is really kind of difficult against some of the data types because they don't there aren't very many good va- uh, virus types. I disagree, but <laughs> well, at least that I've run across, there aren't very many really good ones that I at least have. Lady Devimon's pretty good. Lady but... Devimon's good. Lilithmon's good. Beelzemon's good. Basically, if it sounds like a Prince of Hellmon, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I don't have Lilithmon or Beelzemon, so that might be one of the tricky things there. The story is kind of, eh, I mean, it did make me think about what might make for a fun story. I was talking to Kevin about that. Where, like, if you, you make two games concurrently and one game is, like, the side story and then just out of the blue, the, like, big event that happens in game one just happens, happens and it's kind of out of left field for you, but it <laughs> screws up everything else in this side game. Because Which is how Hacker's Memory goes. <laughs> in a little, it's not quite the same way, but it is very similar. The problem with Hacker's Memory is it's a little bit too far all over the place. Yes. Although um, the first game has that problem a little bit, too. But it's a fun game. Like, if you can get it for cheap, I know ha- I know Cyber Sleuth, when I bought Hacker's Memory, was like... I paid 17 bucks for it. So. It was cheap. Hacker's Memory was like 34 Oh, and uh, I also beat Resident Evil 4. Yay! Were, were you playing that? Yeah, he mentioned it. He's okay. been playing it off and on. Yeah, a little bit like everything else I've been doing. I, so I finally went ahead and beat it, and it's like, yeah, not a great... Or the last parts of the game aren't great. The beginning part of the game is fantastic, but the, like, the last third is... Kinda eh. That's actually where I tapped out on that game. I'm like, I always meant to go back and finish playing it, but I never did. I feel like that game is great up until the part where Ashley is like, um, to that wall. And that part itself is pretty good, but I feel like everything after that kind of starts to go downhill. But then again, the bit with the fire pit and the ogres is pretty good, so it might be after that that it starts to get downhill. But anyway, yeah, it's definitely a game that puts its best foot forward, which I do appreciate, but it makes it difficult to... Well, get mean, all the way through. Obviously, it got me invested enough to go back and play it all the way through. Of course, part of that was I knew I was pretty close to the end of the game. So I'm like, I might as well just go finish this because I'm only like three, four hours away of being done. But yeah, there's a couple of really, really bad boss fights in there and really frustrating mechanics that just ah, not not great. But it's still a fun game. I, I mean, I would definitely point some point to it and tell somebody to go play it if they had any kind of interest in resident evil as a franchise or anything like that yeah i've been kind of off and on on a lot of different things i'm still participating in critical rockets and mechware online stream on fridays i'm not that good at that game <laughs> so i don't usually show up very often that's still fun though what have you been up to jeremy spider-man spider-man does whatever a spider can or of alternatively spider blood spider blood radioactive spider blood what that, that was the, the 90s, 90s theme yeah could you tell from the <laughs> <laughs> no i couldn't tell from from his statement because there didn't seem to be enough pouches involved uh no, no, so it's, are you... it's got the grunge and the, like the weird guitar like it was obviously it was by 90s. aerosmith have aerosmith you... wrote that song wow uh yeah. have you actually gotten into it then yes i've gotten very into the new spider-man game finally Hey, it's a mistake to start your Spider-Man game with the tutorial and then make you play Pipe Dream at work. Don't do that if you're making a Spider-Man game. Pro tip. Not a great idea. You want to start off doing something you actually want to be doing, like web swinging or something. I feel like in Meteor Res, stopping a crime would be great. So the way this game actually starts, the tutorial, I played it a little while ago, so I haven't mentioned it, is like Spider-Man wakes up to his police scanner saying the police are moving in on Wilson Fisk. And, like, you have to wake up and you go to take down the kingpin. And that's how the game starts. And that's basically the tutorial. Oh, that's actually not a bad premise. 
Not terrible, but if you and like, to... like, you'll regret this, Spider-Man. I kept all the freaks in check. You'll wish I was back, Slamstore. I mean, it's fun, but not if you have to immediately follow that up yeah. with going to your part-time <laughs> job. It's your full-time job, to be fair. No, your full-time job is being Spider-Man. <laughs> That's your part-time job. Uh, your full-time job, yeah, actually, you just work two full-time jobs. Because you can't make enough money to make your rent. Uh, that's actually the first thing that like happens in the story is Peter Parker gets evicted despite having to, and loses his job on the same day. And I'm like, that's not how losing your job works. You still have a paycheck. I don't. Well, what did Peter Parker spend all his science money on? Yeah, say so what job does he have at the prosthetics lab? He's like the main assist. Like is it seems like intern? he's mostly doing the mechanical work. No, oh, because like there's a big thing where. Octavius loses his grant, and so he's like, I'm sorry, Peter, I can no longer afford to pay you. But he's like a lab tech. Yes. It sounds like, at least. And that pays actually pretty well. Yes. I know a lot of lab techs. <laughs> yeah, it seems like, like, I understand when you lose your job and you lose, like, and also Spider-Man always has money problems, but I'm like, what did he spend all his science money on? I don't understand. Spider costume upgrades. Cool but, cameras. No, you do that afterwards. <laughs> How do you make money afterwards? Your boss helps you with the spider costume upgrades because he's a big Spider-Man fan. And there's a scene where he sees you working on it and he's like, oh, of course, you're the guy who designed Spider-Man's equipment. That makes perfect sense. And <laughs> is the most logical conclusion I can draw from this. What? Well, to be fair, Peter Parker does design all of his own equipment. Yes, so it is true. It's technically true. Yes. But although I guess you wouldn't immediately assume somebody like Peter Parker is a hero. I mean, yeah, the, the technician behind a lot of his gear, maybe. Yeah, no, that but makes sense. He is kind of nerdy. And Well, you also probably wouldn't assume a friend of yours is some kind of masked vigilante hero or somebody you knew. It's one of those Yeah, you wouldn't situations. imagine a guy who's always late to work when there's a crisis going on. Is I agree well, with you. When, I, it just, it's a which, trope that I like was surprised they engaged in. When there's a crisis going on, of course everybody's late to work. Have you seen a blizzard yeah, here? That's true. <laughs> so I caught up on death battles recently and there was one where they have batman beyond versus spider-man some year 2099 yeah yeah i've learned that i love spider-man 2099 all of a sudden so it's pretty good he's also surprisingly relevant in a recent spider-man run. so uh yeah the setting is kind of weird it's definitely spider-man but like i said Otto octavius is your boss norman osborne is the mayor and has never been the green goblin as far as you can tell, like, Spider-Man's never fought the Green Goblin or Doc Ock. So it's, uh, it's Marvel Universe 5. Is oh, so is it Also, just... your girlfriend, Mary Jane, is a reporter for the Daily Bugle. So, And I was telling this to my brother. He's like, so they wanted to write a Superman game and then got the <laughs> Spider-Man license. So are your main villains like the Scorpion, the Lizard, and the Hobgoblin? The main villain of this game is Mr. Negative. Who? Yes. <laughs> he's a very recent Spider-Man villain. He showed up about six, seven years ago. I yeah. explain why I don't know who he is. Yeah, I mean that's okay. I I under I appreciate them wanting to get some of their more recent stuff into the mainstream. It's just a weird choice. And so far, the only villains I thought have been him and the Shocker and the Kingpin early on in the tutorial. Yeah, well, the Shocker is one of his like B tier villains. It's also weird because this game really clearly wants to be Arkham Asylum. You fight the Shocker very early on, and I have not felt like any super villain since. I've like done a little tussling with Mister Negative, but not like anything that felt boss fighty. It's just odd. Are they ever going to make another Arkham game? They've said they're done. So They're done? Okay. The question is really, in this Spider-Man game, are they going to have anything as good as that one incident? And I think Spider-Man mm -hmm. 2, where you're fighting Mysterio, um, and he gets like 10 health bars, I mean, and you hit him was, once, and he dies. I don't think dies. anything will ever be as good as that. But 
there is a part where you need to find this scientist and he's at a Halloween party with his friends and they're all dressed as different Spider-Man villains and you don't know which one he's dressed as. And so there's a Mysterio in front of the Hall of Mirrors. He's like, Spider-Man, my nemesis, you'll never catch me as he runs into the Hall of Mirrors and you have to chase him. And that's pretty good. (laughs) That is pretty good. I like the game a lot. The fact that it wants to be Arkham Asylum so bad is distracting, though, because the combat's not as good. They tried to do some things to make it a little different. Instead of just having your combo meter, you also have a special meter that fills up as your combo goes up. And once that's full, you use it to do your finishing move a la Arkham Asylum. Or you can use it to heal mid-fight. How do you heal? You hit down and then you... No, I mean, like, how story-wise are they explained? The it's Spider-Man, sense. so he, yeah. he makes a wisecrack. Most of the wisecracks I've stuck out to me are the ones about him, like, metagame being like, if I use any of the same quips I used before, it's just because I ran out. Sorry, guys. Also, it's got some weird control issues. One of them is just that circle is your dodge button, and it, I want it to be triangle because the combat is clearly Arkham's combat, and that's a little strange. But also, hey, you guys have played PlayStation games, right? What button do you hit to open doors? X? Well, that depends. Are we which X, which region are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, X or circle. It, I usually use X though. Hey, triangle. That was <laughs> See, not on the list. The uh, <laughs> the circle dodge thing makes a lot of sense to me, but that's because of the fact that in Dark Souls, circle is dodge. I mean, I got used to it. It's just all the other combat controls are just the Arkham Asylum ones, so it feels like Arkham Asylum combat until you have to dodge. And also, the dodge isn't nearly as good as the Arkham counter. There's some squishiness to it. Sometimes, you, even though the dodge prompt is up on you, you can hit it too early, and then your dodge animation ends, and the attack hits you. That's not good. Yeah, because if you have a dodge in there, and well, it if doesn't prompt, work... Yeah, no, as I say, the dodge is not working because you mistimed it is fine. The fact that it prompts you, and you can hit it at the prompt, and that doesn't work, well, that's the problem. Yes. Th- that's more of what I was thinking, is if you're prompted, because that's a particularly big thing in a lot of those games where you have a dodge but it isn't a prompt timing is learning the timing is particularly good but if you're getting a prompt where it's like hey hit it now to dodge and it yep. doesn't work that's frustrating Yeah, because usually those are pretty tight timings like you have a very small period of time in which to respond yeah also you have a whole bunch of gadgets which is cool but unlike an arkham where they're on all these arcane button combinations you have to hold down l1 and select them on a wheel which is just a little awkward in, in combat. combat. It does super slow down time while you're holding down No, that L1, makes sense. But it's still, like, you want to do it real fast. And since it's an eight-way selection, sometimes you select drone when you mean to select impact webbing. That's just, uh, yeah. It's not, not as good. great. Yeah, it's fine. It's just not as good. And say I have that happen in Gungeon a lot, where I'm, like, in the middle of a boss fight. I'm like, I should change guns now. And it goes down into, like, super slow bullet time. But also that's useful because then you can dodge bullets. Like, you can sit there and say, okay, this bullet's coming this way, this bullet's coming this way. I should stand right here after I choose a gun. It's really well polished, but there aren't really any unique mechanics. It's very Assassin's creed only it's way more fun to move around. Like, you go to towers, you fix them. Doing the weird Batman Arkham Asylum, like, hacking minigame where you have to line up the waves. I'm like, why really? did you take this from Arkham Asylum? That was not even fun. Yeah. I don't... Uh, that's not a great idea. But you don't do it much, so it's not that big a deal. And then it unlocks all these parts on your map that you go to to collect things. Just like an Assassin's Creed game, or a Far oh. Cry game, or an Ubisoft game of that vintage. Or an Arkham game. Yeah, so it just feels like the marriage of an Ubisoft game and an Arkham game to me. But with some cool Spider-Man painted on there. So actually, this is a potentially interesting tangent. Why are all the Arkham minigames so bad? Uh, because, like, what 
how would you something do that? had to balance out the greatness of the rest of the game? Yeah, any anything. None of the mini games require any thought or effort. They're That's all just true. like hold your joystick this direction. I don't. Jeremy, I have a question on the on Spider Man here. How much fun is it to get around the city? Because very fun. Yeah, okay, no, so no. web swinging is actually it's better than Spider Man too. Oh wow! Okay. It. They did. It. <laughs> okay. Congratulations, guys! You can quit Spider-Man. That's, we did it. That's a particularly important question to ask, which is why I wanted to know. You can basically just hold down R two to swing if you want, but then also there's a lot of different like skill things. Like there are a whole bunch of points on buildings where if you go to them and hit X at the right time, you like vault off them for extra speed. There's a zip line mechanic you can do to like launch yourself in certain ways and go vertically. So there's a lot of skill to it or if you want or you can just hit r2 and it basically works that's nice that's actually what i've heard about one of the recent attack on titan games is it works very similarly to that where it makes sense you can just swing around or there's a bunch of stuff you can do to for like cool points i mean and that's one of the reasons this game has been so fun is like i don't really like the collectathon thing i don't like that in ubisoft games but because web swinging is fun, I will just like look at my map and go to every collectible between me and the next objective point and just grab it on the way. Just because navigating is so much fun? Yeah. And I don't want to have to backtrack for it later. But it's just, like I said, a weird Spider-Man canon where like the Rhino and the Scorpion and all of them have been mentioned and they're locked up. So I have a feeling something's going to go on with that, but we'll see. But like I said, the only supervillain I fought is the Shocker. And that's... Strange That's kind and of like a weird one. I know who Mr. Negative is, but no one else does. And there was another character in this game that became playable for a bit that I was really surprised was there. And they've had to change him quite a bit to fit him in there. Who? This feels like a spoiler, but it's Oh yeah. No, oh, okay. Sense. I think I know who that is. This is a lot of interesting stuff. Also, J. Jonah Jameson podcasts will sometimes randomly show up, and those are usually pretty good. Yeah, I've heard those are actually great. They, so They vary a lot, but my favorite one was one where he's like, you may have heard that last night at the Raft, the Rhino nearly escaped. We've had no details about how it was this happened, but Raft guards have assured us he's been moved to a more secure cell. Now, I'm no expert on Supermax prisons, but isn't the entire point of them that there is no place more secure? So if there was a more secure cell, why wasn't he in it? Has Venom been mentioned? He is conspicuously absent. This is a game in which you unlock different Spider-Man costumes as a major mechanic, and there is is a major one that is missing. The black suit. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. So is J. Jonah Jameson basically just running InfoWars? Yes. So yeah, it's pretty fun. Fight Master Negative. Be confused about this world where Spider-Man hasn't fought Doc Ock or Green Goblin, but is fighting Mr. Negative. So, on a related note, and I don't think any of us have played it, I don't know if anyone but me plans to play it, but I've heard nothing but good things about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, I don't plan to play it, but I wish my brother would. So if you want to take the role of my brother and (laughs) and report back, that's fine. I have no intentions of playing it. Oh no, it sounds like a lot more assassin-y than a lot of Assassin's Creed the games have been. The stuff that I've heard about it does intrigue me. But... Exactly. Everything I've heard about it makes it sound like maybe it's the best Assassin's Creed game so far. Maybe we could... Uh, but you know what? Yeah, combat. that's the problem. It don't yeah. have no pirate ships. It don't have no pirate ships. It don't have no broadside combat. It don't have no sea shanties. I don't know, the fact that it has two discrete storylines depending on which character you choose. Does it have two different storylines depending yeah, on they, character? Yeah, they kind of merge in the middle and then, like, they start in different places, kind of merge in the middle and then diverge again at the end. I know you can pick your gender, basically, and then you can pick which side you take in the war, but... Yeah, so which gender you choose determines your backstory, basically, and those are pretty different between the two. 
And then which side you take in the war, like that's all the same. And then the combination of those two things determines an ending. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that sounds pretty intriguing to me. The fact that it's got a bunch of RPG stuff sounds pretty... Like, I heard Syndicate was pretty interesting, and I kind of wanted to pick it up, but it sounds like this is an evolution of that that, can't, like, does better in every way that Syndicate isn't, did. Isn't it supposed to have, like, mythological creatures and stuff in it? I have not heard anything about that. I've heard a lot of interesting things, so I would like someone to play it. So yeah. if you want to take that bullet, feel free. But what have you been playing, Tyler? Yeah, so the problem is, it's going to be well before I get to that, because what I've been playing is Final Fantasy XV, because it went half off on Steam recently, and you were really into that game for a while. Yes. So I decided that I needed to pick it up. It's weird. I just saw a very negative review of it. That was like a 55-minute review. Huh. 55 minutes and... Yeah, I was going to say, Scott Falco did a two-part video on Breath of the Wild that ended up being like an hour and a half on how he did not like Breath of the Wild. So... But the thing is, I think the gameplay is really solid. No, it is. I actually really like it. And the advancement system is 99% solid. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the sphere grid system, but simplified. I guess it has some similar visualness to it, but it's way more like a traditional tech tree. Or that like, is true. Or like a WoW-style talent thing. It is spherical in nature in that you can move different directions in it rather than, and you start at the center, but it's also multiple grids. Like there's, you have a combat grid, a magic grid, etc. So while so, I see why you, visually I agree, I don't really think the systems are that similar. No, yeah, you're right. It's similar in that you spend skill points on advancing through a graph. But, yeah, no, you're right, because there are multiple different trees. The weird thing to me, maybe not a weird thing, a thing that I think about every time I start the game up, is it starts off with this big, like, logo page that says, A Final Fantasy for Beginners and Fans. And I'm not sure who the beginners are, because, like, do you mean beginner video game players? Because this is not a game for them. Why are they telling you that every time it boots up? Oh, it's because it has a very long load screen, because it has no loads in-game. Uh-huh, okay. Which is very cool. Although it actually stutters a little bit on my computer as you move around sometimes. Uh. Like, only a little bit. Like, it's enough that I notice it, but not enough to really be annoying. And, like, I actually have a fairly high-end computer these days. I, I was going to say, I wonder if that's recently. the Steam port, or I if see. it works that way on the PS4 Not Pro as well. Because I never had an issue with it, but I also have a PS4 Pro. Yeah, and that might be it. Like, I have, I don't know, I'm running like 16 gigs of RAM and a relatively recent graphics card, so I can't see a reason for that. But I don't know, the gameplay is really solid. It took me a while to get down holding the attack button instead of tapping it repeatedly. Yeah, it feels weird, but once you understand it and, like, the options that are in there with direction holds and such... Yeah, and and I, when you let go becomes important. Yeah, and I'm still playing around with that a little bit. I'm actually really having fun just changing weapons in the middle of combos, which is, like, it doesn't flow quite the way I want it to, and I don't think it's supposed to, but it's still kind of fun to play around with. Um, I'm not sure if I found this weapon in the field or if it was, like, an accidental DLC item that I started with, but I ended up with Excalibur, uh, which isn't actually a whole lot better than the Starting Sword, except I think it does five times damage on Warp Strikes. And my god. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Yeah, no, it, like, it's only got, like, a time and a half attack from, like, the starting sword. The, I don't know, the engine blade, I think. So it's probably not as good if, if you upgrade the engine blade. Exactly. Which, spoilers, becomes the Ultima weapon if you fully upgrade it. No, that makes perfect sense, because I, I got both the first spear that you get that can do that, and also the engine blade, and I've upgraded them both once. And, like, oh, I bet the engine blade becomes the ultimate weapon, because you got it from your dad, who's dead. Spoilers. <laughs> For so you can sell that, right? I don't think you can actually. I don't think I you can sell I... the engine blade. Huh, I thought you could sell sell those things. I thought I 
someone mentioned that they messed up and gotten rid of it or something. I think you can always buy it back. They introduced that in Final Fantasy a while ago, where, like, merchants will hold on to what, uh, unique items. But, yeah, no, my favorite thing is, like, you can just be in the middle of a fight and be like, you know, this is a tactically unsound situation. I'm gonna go up there for a minute and just, like, think about this for a second. I really like that if you're not moving, the screen freezes. Oh, no, I'm playing active mode. Oh, okay. Maybe I should play wait mode, because there are a lot of times where, like, my teammates are like, I'm gonna go wait in that horde of... Magitech armor over there. And I'm like, wait, guys, we should really think about this. Oh, no, I can't cast my magic in time. Oh, actually, that's a good point. If you're not moving, you can, like, actually position your magic. That's, like, my least favorite part of the active system is that casting spells is hard because enemies are moving while you're trying to position the cast radius. Well, I mean, yeah, things aren't generally going to stand around letting you blow them up. No, that's true. But, like, if I actually had control over giant fire magic, I'd just be like, I want to throw that there. Whereas in a video game, you have to be like, okay, I have to load this, and I have to choose where on the map I want to throw this. You don't have to do that in real life? No. In real life, I just throw fireballs. Okay, all right. I think I was talking to Jen about this, and I'm like, well, basically, you're just corn, except you're on a sweet road trip with your buddies, and you throw spears at things. I really like the gameplay in particular. The combat breaks down a little bit at high levels, because link strikes and sneak attacks become so much more important than your combos, and that... Kind of sucks. Oh, I'm already 100% relying on link strikes, so... But I do like the system. It plays fun for as long as it needs to. Yeah, The no, biggest I... problems with it are in the late game. And thus far, I've been really enjoying the game. My one c- critique, maybe, is... While I enjoy listening to random old Final Fantasy remixes while driving around, the driving is a little tedious sometimes if you can't... Or if you haven't already gone to a place and can't quick travel. I guess that is true. I always found it, like, atmospheric enough that I enjoyed it. It's been 50-50 for me. Sometimes I really enjoy it. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I really just want to get to this place now. So, I was driving around at night and ran into, I forget what they're called. The Iron Giants? Yes, thank you. Iron Giants is what they're called. So, the first time I found one of those, there were two of them on the road. I'm like, you know, I don't need to attempt that side quest right now. I'll just go over here. (laughs) Um, And another time I was, like, wandering through, I don't even think I was attempting to engage in the side quest. I was just picking up a random treasure item out in the field. And I ran into one. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see how this goes. And I actually beat it. And, I don't know, they're, like, level 30 monsters. And I was, like, level 8. I'm like... How the hell did I pull that off? Well, because being good at the combat system actually matters in that game. Yeah, apparently. Mostly, though, I was using the ridiculous Warp Strike damage sword and doing way more damage than I expected to to it. Because, like, it's not very effective against giant monsters, as far as I could tell. But it worked against the Iron Giant, so... To be fair, it did take me the entire night cycle to beat it, (laughs) so... Yeah, they have a lot of HP, especially when you're low level. It's a really fun game. I really like it. It's like aesthetically, it's pretty awesome because it's a weird mix of like dark and actually pretty colorful. I really like the like fantasy world with gas stations and like Denny's. That is pretty great. (laughs) Like Final Fantasy has been going this way. And I love the fact that like the only reason that makes sense is because you got these walled cities. There are monsters everywhere. Well, that's one of the criticisms this big uh, review uh, laid at. They don't actually have walled cities. You just go into cities. Uh, Well, they don't have walls. But if you want to give it the benefit of the doubt. Your original city did have a magic shield that got dissipated. That's true. I just like going to a gas station, walking inside, and getting some potions and some ethers and some potato chips. <laughs> yeah, I no, need it's... some recovery items and some chips. I'm like, I've wanted to go here ever since Final Fantasy VI. I, I thought the series was heading this way eventually. I mean, Seven is kind so, of yeah, seven, on that route, right? Yeah, Seven is maybe more logically what that would have become. 
But I like this because it's like a weird mix of familiar but unfamiliar. Like, and that's probably why it's a Final Fantasy for beginners and fans. It's like a weird mix of like it's Final Fantasy, but also it's like modern life. The mundane and the f- fantastic right yes. next to each other. It's more like Footloose 50s, I feel like, than modern. No, it's but... definitely 50s, but more modern than any Final Fantasy has ever been. As opposed to Final Fantasy 7, which I guess is actually kind of futuristic. Maybe yeah. that's why it doesn't hit quite as hard. Yeah, like 7 and 13 are super, like, futury. I, I've never played 13. Is that the one with lightning? Yes. Okay. AKA from I, Cloud. I started watching 13 a, a long time ago. Never got through it. Yeah, watching 13 well, on your a Xbox big, for the actual with... game. <laughs> hey, it's that's a big, long you... tube, yeah. and you go through it, and sometimes <laughs> you get random encounters, and sometimes you get cutscenes. And you're a... Uh, the walk animation slash sound effect is so freaking loud. I don't know. I love all the characters. I initially hated Ignis for about 30 seconds, and then I immediately fell in love How with him. How would you hate Ignis? He was just kind of a douche for uh, like he, 30 seconds. He he's came just off Alfred, that way. He's Alfred douchey, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, he was kind of a douche, and then every single photo that Prompto takes is you and Ignis hanging out together and being buds. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I like this guy. I suddenly see why everyone likes him, because he's just like, He's serious, but he's got a heart of gold. Also, I don't know if they ever introduced this for the PlayStation version, but the Windows version, they have customizable avatars. So I am currently running around in a pink Final Fantasy ass coat with red mechanics pants and as a girl with purple hair. And it's amazing. I believe those were paid uh, paid DLC on PS4. Uh, Yeah, well, they're apparently free as of August, this August in the Windows version. The one downside is that they don't have voice acting, so if you choose a female avatar... Noxus' so- voice comes out of it. Yes, exactly, which is a little bit off-putting. Like, it's not off-putting enough that I'm gonna just... I love my avatars so much. Oh. I, I love making avatars in video games, and this it's is... It's fun. This is maybe my favorite one ever, because it's kind of steampunk, and no other video game has let me do that. I like my Monster Hunter avatar a lot, too, so... But you don't get to see them a whole lot because they're covered in monsters. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it because when you asked me if you should buy it or not, I really didn't know what to say. Yeah, I mean, you gave me kind of a lukewarm response. Because that's why the first half of the game, and by half I mean nine-tenths, is so good. And the last tenth is so bad. I gave you the normal response I give anybody asking questions about Final Fantasy games, which is why you ignored me. Yeah, no, the problem is this is, it doesn't even feel like a Final Fantasy game to me. It doesn't, it doesn't, right? Yeah, it's got a lot of the familiar trappings, but doesn't play like a Final Fantasy that's game. True. And I think, like, I feel like that's your biggest problem with the Final Fantasy game is it doesn't, like, it's not fun gameplay for you usually. I mean, honestly, I don't know that standard JRPG mechanics are actually fun, but I some of them, like Pokemon's fun, right? Like, I kind of wonder if I just developed Stockholm syndrome for it, though. You have, but like, you like playing Pokemon, though, right? And that's basically just JRPG combat. Yes. <laughs> So you you've also well. developed Stockholm Syndrome, is what I'm hearing. You can do JRPG combat well. I think that's honestly true. Like, Bravely Default did something cool and interesting with it. Final Fantasy X did something cool and interesting with it. Arguably Kingdom Hearts. I Like, that was yeah. the first game I played that was, like, a JRPG, but also not. Um, But a lot of games just do it, like, here's some JRPG combat. That's, like, my biggest criticism of the Digimon game Zach's playing right now, is it's just some JRPG combat. And it's got some Final Fantasy X elements and some Pokemon elements but they don't quite mesh. There was something I was playing really recently where I was like, oh man, this is just like stock market, no mods, JRPG combat. And it's not good. You just have to like do, fight, run magic items. Yeah. You have to make interesting choices exist in the combat. And Pokemon does that super simply, but like Pokemon's just, you know, super advanced rock, paper, scissors, but you have choices and like your rock can throw scissors. 
He's not wrong. It's not <laughs> no, something I'd accurate. ever thought about. Also, but... your rock can make its rock more powerful later. Yeah. And then hand that rock off to some other rock. Anyway, you know, like Persona makes yes. that interesting by giving you a, like... Like, Persona is this perfect weaving of different mechanics that all feed into each other. Persona 5 is great. Yeah, no, and that's... Persona is a masterclass in game design. And JRPG combat, very good JRPG combat, is maybe the biggest part of that, but it's still less than 50%. But like Final Fantasy XV, it doesn't feel like JRPG. It's like an action RPG that has some Final Fantasy elements about it. There are chocobos and cactars, and that's about the only familiar thing. I guess also the and standard Sid, and elements. Sid's hot granddaughter. Okay, actually, so <laughs> speaking of Sid's hot granddaughter, that is that's the most fan servicey character they've ever done. Oh my god, I hate her outfit so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate it, I just feel guilty. No, I just hate it. Okay, so first of all, she's a practicing mechanic. You would not want to expose that much if you're midriff while <laughs> under a car. Like, even if it wasn't impractical, it's just gross if you get engine grease on yourself. That's gross. But 100%, my biggest problem with it is she has a bit of her thong hanging out for some reason. <laughs> yep. Why, Square? No <laughs> other character of the game. Like, Luna is fantastic. I've only seen her on screen for 30 seconds, and I love her so much already. And I like, Sydney's a cool character, but my god, can I please just change her outfit to anything else? <laughs> anything else? Like, even just a straight-up bikini would be better, I feel. What? I don't even... That's actually how I felt a lot of a lot of. Well, I talked earlier about how Digimon Cyber Sleuth story is weirdly fan servicey. It's a lot of stuff like that, like the fusion process between Lady Devimon and Angel Woman isn't like pornographic, <laughs> but it's like it's this weird thing where they're like trying not to cross the line and still trying to be titillating, and it just comes off as weird. There's this one character's outfit that the more I stared at it, the more I was confused, and I want to see someone cosplay it just to see if it's possible. <laughs> uh, and to be fair, she's supposed to look like Omnimon, and when I figured that out, a lot of it made more sense. But it's still got all these weird. Is this the only character in? No, she's the, she's the chick with the red hair. With oh, the... I think I know who you're talking. Like, about. if you look her cape, like look her like jacket, she wears like a cape, and it looks like it, and like you can tell in certain shots. I don't know if I've actually met or had her show up in that outfit yet. So, well, it's the only outfit she wears. So, okay, then but I might not like, have encountered this dress that like has open sides, and they're like corset stitched almost and her underwear is hanging out too and i'm like is she even wearing pants <laughs> it's a very anyway yes i agree with you about sid oh no like i'm like the weird thing about her is that she doesn't play it up at all she's just like you know what i'm just gonna dress this way and like yeah like the character isn't sexual just her outfit is and like, like, she is a little flirty i guess she is a little flirty but like if any other character in the game appeared that way i'm like okay that's just like the standard like morals in the society but she's the only person who dresses remotely like that and she doesn't act like she's trying to be productive like i'm not opposed to the concept of someone like being provocative with their body except for the fact that she's not at all attempting to be provocative and like i, I don't know it's just really awkward and i feel like it's only there so that Teenage boys are like, look at the hot mechanic I'm going to masturbate to five years from now. Yeah, or, well. Or now, and look, then feel guilty about five once years Once upon a time, I needed Riku, but I don't <laughs> anymore. I'm an adult now. I was okay, for, This for, has been gross men talk. It's like, it's like Mabim Bam, but not as funny. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. Uh, anyway. We played Rayman Advance, a game with no fan service or titillation. Hey, I'm into those sweet protoons. I don't believe you are. No, I'm not. They are Probably would have been better if they did. 
No, I don't think so. No. I don't think that's what's missing from this game. I think this game is missing anything entertaining. Uh, the graphics are pretty good for a Game Boy Advance game. That's about all I can give it. That's our review. Bye, guys. <laughs> Rayman Advance is a mascot platformer. It's a port of... Is it just called Rayman? The original Rayman game. Yeah, the original Rayman like... is just Rayman. I okay. Think. I feel like it should have a subtitle, but I'm not sure why. It's one of those Sony mascot platformers where they're like, guys, Sega has a Sonic and Mario has a Mario has a Nintendo? Going with it. <laughs> we need a guy. And they're like, do we want this Spyro Dragon? Do we want this Bandicoot? Do we want this Klonoa? Do we want this Rayman? This what? No, no, just read that opening paragraph really quick. It's only three sentences. Rayman is a <laughs> franchise of platform video games published by Ubisoft. Since the release of the original Rayman, conceived by Michael Ansel in 1995, the series has produced a total of 44 games across multiple platforms. 44? I don't understand this. So this is why Ubisoft keeps producing Rayman games, I guess, because they can just make so many of them. I mean, I assume a lot of those are ports. Yeah, of the original. I was looking into this game. It is one of many ports. I'm still, still 44. That's, that's rivaling Mario. I mean, I don't think it actually is, but it's close to Sonic. It really depends on your definition for Mario. If yeah, well, if you're uh, counting the cart party and... Yeah, if you're counting all of the things that Mario's got his face goes on. Goes to the dentist. So it's just a mascot platformer. You jump later on, and by later on, I mean a couple levels in, you get a telescopic punch where you can hold down the B button to wind up a punch, and depending on how long you hold it down, it will fly further. That's your main well, weapon of attack. Levels you can't jump like, on enemies like Mario can. Levels are like mini-stages screens, almost. Yeah, like they're there are real six, small. There are six worlds with multiple screens, and you get it on like the third screen thing. I'm not even sure how you, what you would call that subdivision. They're like bits of level, right? Yeah, I mean, Jeremy's right. They're, they're, they're like little pieces of each level. Also, the Game Boy Advance port is so far zoomed in because it's a Game Boy Advance port that it's real hard to tell what's going on beyond where you are. There's some leap of faith stuff. There's some leap of faith stuff that I believe probably wasn't leap of faith stuff in the original version, but because they have to zoom you in so much, you can't see much of what's around. And like a lot of early Game Boy games, they focused on graphics more than presentation. So you can see so little of the level, you don't really have time to react to much of what's around you, either in a, oh man, I have to jump over that sense, or even in a like, visually taking it in sense. It's just a lot of pretty stuff that flows together because you see it so close up. And you track through it so quickly because the screen's so small and you're so zoomed in. Anytime you move anywhere, everything that you're looking at moves with you. So it's like, I can't really look at the background because it's gone as soon as it shows up. Which is a shame because this is actually a very pretty game. Gameplay impact aside, I actually want to see more of the screen at a time just so I can see how it all looks together. I agree. I feel like I'm so zoomed in I can't see anything and it makes it hard to get into this game. It feels very floaty to me in a Genesis way, even though the control feedback is pretty good. Yeah, like, it doesn't have the hit feedback problem a lot of Genesis games do, but it has a lot of the, like... It looks too good for its own good? Uh, not even that. Like, they focus more on the graphics than on the gameplay. Like, a lot of Genesis games, like, on the Genesis game bingo card that we never produced. Style like, over substance. Yeah, it's style over substance as opposed to style gets in the way of substance. Like, I don't think it gets in the way here. But part of the problem is, like, you're wandering around, you have enemies that all look identical, they function differently, and everything feels a little squishy around the edges? I don't know. Like, it's hard to control exactly where you want to land. I feel like there's um, no hook, because with Mario, it's fun to run and jump, right? And get over things. Here, I feel like I'm just kind of floating through it, 
with Sonic, it's fun to go fast. So you want to keep going so you can keep going fast and don't have to slow down and start going fast again. What's another mascot platformer? I don't know. Uh, well, I guess the Crash thing is... Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> I don't play like that. Mario and Sonic. I think the reason I feel like they're fun is that you have momentum in them. Yes. And you, get, you gain speed, you lose speed, and you want to keep your momentum because otherwise you lose that speed. And besides that, jumping on enemies is fun. Especially yeah. because if you do it right, you don't really lose a lot of speed. And in a lot of less fun platformers you do not gain momentum. You move kind of slowly, and you do not change your speed at all. You just go up or down. And this is a game where you go the same speed the entire time, or go up or down. And on top of that, with the uh, the whole speed thing, the fact that your primary method of attack has to be charged up to go any kind of distance or anything like that, forcing in, as far as I could tell, you have to be stopped in order to use it. Yeah, the only time where you have a semblance of mobility while charging it is while you're climbing on a vine-type object, you can move up or down and then choose to charge your attack there. Like, you're still soft, but it feels like a less... Yeah, so you have that situation where you want to be moving quick, because, again, the Mario thing of playing it fast is more fun, but playing it slow is easier, but you're just stuck playing it slow the entire time, so it's kind of boring, especially because when you're trying to attack an enemy and you're like, I guess I gotta stand here and uh, wind up for a couple minutes. Which would be fine if it was more tactical combat, like Castlevania. Like, Castlevania, you don't go faster, but you have... I was gonna say, or Mega Man. That's what I was considering. And kind of Kirby as well. Like, Like, you have to consider your actions a little bit in advance. This game, you start kind of being reactionary, and there isn't a whole lot of tactics to it. Like, oftentimes, if you screw up, it's more because, oh, my fist went slightly too high... Not because you mistimed it, but because, like, you just misjudged what their hitbox was. There isn't a whole lot of forethought or planning. It's just, oh, there's an enemy, I should attack it, or I should jump over it. And unlike Castlevania or Mega Man, the enemies don't really have... They have different behaviors, but they're not identifiable, and they're not very diverse. It's not like some have projectiles, or some you have to approach diagonally or anything like that. I mean, some do have projectiles, but it's always like the same one has projectiles, and they're, like, not particularly fun to fight? That's um, always the tricky thing, though, is making something fun to fight. Like, there are, I assume there are, or I can only assume they're antimatter particles because they look like the Electoons, but black. And, like, I don't know, all of them have different behaviors. And they all spawn in when you hit, like, these little glowing points behind you or in front of you sometimes. It's kind of random. I don't get the point of spawning enemies in behind you. I guess if you try to hit one of the hidden parts of the level and fail, now you have enemies to wade through. I don't really understand but the decision behind that. if you're doing that, then you're discouraging exploration, which is exactly. one of the things that people want to do. And the way they try to encourage exploration in this is by adding a lot of collectibles, but I don't really get that either. Maybe because the game isn't fun to traverse. I just don't get why you would want to collect all the protoons or anything like that. I feel like the game is just lacking a hook. And really, it's not that it's a bad game. There's a lot of polish to it. It looks good. The jumping feels right. Uh, there's nothing particularly wrong with it. But it just doesn't have anything that makes it fun and makes you want to keep going after you play the first couple of levels. Especially after Rayman yells, yeah, at the end of every, like, uh, guys, I cannot express how much I hate that sound clip. It is not great, no. You unlock some powers, kind of like Banjo-Kazooie, but nothing super exciting. The punch is the first thing. The next thing you get is ledge grabbing. And I was just like, wait, why couldn't I do this before? I mean, I guess it unlocks some new areas, but it's kind of a lame power-up. That's what Uh, seems like most of the power-ups are not very interesting. Like, yes, punch being an unlockable is weird, 
I mean, yeah, it does open up a lot of options, but why is it unlockable? Why can't I just do this when I start the game? Well, it especially- seems like it seems like they almost wanted a Metroidvania sort of element to it. Like I said, it's not fun to traverse the levels, so it's not fun to go backtracking in them. And because it's divided into levels, you have to actively choose to go back. You're never like going through and you're never like, oh, man, yeah, now I can use this at that place I found because the screen is so small. You don't really note places that you can't get to, or at least I didn't. I, I did, never but... noticed them, but I also wasn't really looking. Yeah, well, and I accidentally found one. I'm like, oh, I can't do anything about that. I wonder how I get there. Oh, well, maybe I'll figure that out later. And then I got the punch. I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. What else do you get? You get the ability to swing off of rings. Helicopter glide with your hair, which is a fun idea. It's just knuckles gliding, I assume. Yeah. That's still fine. There ain't nothing. I was going to go with Dixie from Donkey Kong Country. Um, And also running. (laughs) I'm not really sure what the point of that is or why that is one of the most coveted power-ups in the game. That's just weird. Like, all of those, well, at least part of those, sound like they should have just been part of your kit from the beginning. Well, especially running. Like, one of my problems with this game is that you move really slow, so there isn't a whole lot of challenge ever, at least not in the first couple levels. And I feel like the ability to run at least gives you the choice of, do I go fast or do I go slow, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I got bored because of that. Same with me. The levels have a few gimmicks. There's one where you're riding a mosquito. After you beat the mosquito, you ride it. Which has like an almost 2D shooter sort of feel, except for you're not shooting, you're just avoiding obstacles. But even that just felt like a little weird minigame, like kind of slapped on in the middle there. Kind of similar to the Donkey Kong's Country stuff, but not even as good as that. One thing I will give it is that the levels are at least unique. Like, they all have an interesting aesthetic to them. You get like a musical slash drum specifically themed land. The first place is kind of generic, it's like purple forest. The final boss lives in a candy castle, and it looks pretty sweet. Unintended? Uh, no, it wasn't, but it is now. I don't know, like, I don't know, it's, at least it didn't go with the generic, like, fire ice forest theme or something, but... I love fire ice forest. Yeah, fire ice forest, you know, that place where it's hot and cold in a forest. Sounds about right. Anything else we want to say about Rayman? I don't have much because I was just kind of bored by it. It feels like the most generic platformer, like a Nintendo almost level of polish on the visuals, but not on the gameplay that just makes it real hard to get invested in. It actually reminded me a lot of Rystar. Um, I can see that. But at least Rystar had that mechanic of like with his arms, right? Yeah. And like. What's weird is I have really fond memories of some Rayman games, but I never played this one, and this one just did not do it for me. So I'm hoping other ones got better. can't remember if I mentioned it on the mics, but the Penny Arcade guys were really into Rayman Legends, so I'm hoping if I ever pick that up, that's a better game than this was. Like, presumably it's a popular franchise, not just because they kept pumping it out, but because it's actually, like, sells, and presumably it's sold because it got good at some point. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how well the base game that this was ported from actually turned out to be, but this one just bored me to the point where I just set it down and walked away. I know I do that a lot on this podcast because a lot of these older games, like uh, the platformers and whatnot, I'm not very good at them, so I don't really enjoy playing them for hours on end. But this one, like, I was actively bored, and I usually try for a, a game over before I actually quit. But this time I was just like, I'm done. Like, I'm bored. I'm I'm done. Well, it's different than being bored by Kirby, right? Because Kirby is at least colorful, mildly the, interesting. Kirby has, like, content to it. Because you're at least curious to see, oh, what does eating this enemy let me do? This doesn't even have that. So speaking of that, we have a list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, listing all the games we've played from best to worst. At the top is Chrono Trigger. 
a game that really drives you to want to keep playing it. At the bottom is City Connection, another game so boring that you cannot continue to play it. Although yeah. that one's a weird combination of boring and frustrating. So In the middle, Zach, do you want to take a guess or do you want to retire with three weeks running champion? I know what I'm guessing. Lock in your votes now. Is it golf? It's Tech Mobile. Uh, Still? I was going to guess Blades of Steel. Huh. <laughs> Always well, I, Tech Mobile. Well, I figured that... Uh, There's some rounding error. Yeah. yeah. So, because it, you cannot have a half when you have an odd number like we did last week. Well, so. what is a game right below Tech Mobile? Tech Mobile? I believe that is golf. Okay, so... Tech... Tech Mobile? I don't know. There's I'm not like a... Blades of Steel, though. Let me There's check. not a funny portmanteau for me to ha- make there. Well, they're both pretty close together, so... I mean, we've got that whole block there, the sports game block. They're all very, eh. Like, they're not bad. They're not great. They're all just, eh. Actually, right below it is Kirby's Dreamland. Oh. I was wrong. Blaze of Steel is right above it. So Tecmo Land, which sounds like potentially a much better game. So let's start at the game you just mentioned, which is Ristar Or Rister, depending on how you pronounce it. I think Ristar is more interesting because I found the, like, stretching your cans mechanic to add a lot more to it. I definitely see why you're making that comparison, but Ristar still had those momentum things that make these kind of games fun. I'm of two minds on that because Rayman feels a lot more polished, but also it's less interesting, and Ristar feels like a little rough around the edges, but at least has the cool stretchy hand mechanic. I think I agree, though, at the end of the day, I prefer the more interesting mechanic to the slightly more polished visuals. Anything you want to say, Zach? Uh, I can't remember Ray Star. I know it's the one with the star in it, but I can't remember most of the rest of the game. It's pretty forgettable. So, a less forgettable game, a little lower, is Earthworm Jim. <laughs> Earthworm Jim huh. was a game that had a lot of style, in my opinion. It was kind of amusing for that, but I don't think the game was very good. Yeah, Rayman's very boring, but I think Earthworm Jim is kind of bad. And I feel like maybe Rayman's a little better than Earthworm Jim because of that. I agree, actually. because Like, Earthworm Jim isn't mechanically very fun, but it... It looks cool. There's a reason everyone remembered it. But this game does both better. Well, maybe not better, but it's it looks good and also is mechanically better. So so I don't know if it was on the mics or not, but you are comparing this disfavorably to Sonic games. So how do you think it compares to the lowest ranked Sonic game on our list, Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Master System? Oh, that's actually kind of a tough one. <laughs> it was black and white, if that helps. I didn't play actually. it. Oh, you didn't? For the Master System? Right. Play the ROM Sonic game. You play the Genesis one instead? Sonic the Hedgehog? I never played that. This isn't the original. This is the one that was ported to Master System. I don't think I played that one. We did it and Sonic 2 for Master System in the same episode. I feel like you did. One of them had the like weird hoverboard. Oh no, you think you read it. No, you're thinking of Sonic Chaos now. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Which is the next game game was bad. We rated this game even worse than Sonic Chaos, if that helps at all. This is the one with the minecart, right? Yes, I believe you're right. Um, This game was bad. Yeah, no, I think I prefer me some Rayman, because it's not actively frustrating, it's just kind of meh. Zach? I'd agree with Tyler. So how do we think it compares to Sonic Chaos, then? Sonic Chaos? This is the one that has, like, the hoverboard, and... It's at least trying some interesting things, and some new things with the Sonic series, I still think Rayman is better. I think I'm going to agree with you while Zach stares confused in the middle distance, because I'm going to hit Zach again. How do we think it compares to Sonic 2 for the Master System? The one Zach accidentally played instead of the good Sonic 2. Oh, and was really (laughs) confused. Man, I honestly think Rayman's probably better than Sonic 2 on Master System. I'm a little bit torn on this, because doesn't Sonic 2 have the plane Yeah, Yeah. Um, Plane's not good, though. Although, yeah, I was going to say, didn't we actually... But is it worse than the Mosquito? Yeah, it is, actually. So, 
So you think it's better? Yeah, no, I think Rayman's better. So final question. Is Rayman Advance better or worse than Metal Marines? Oh, definitely Ooh. worse. Yeah, yeah I'd agree. say that. So Rayman Advance goes at number 188, above Sonic 2 for Master System, but below Metal Marines. And I will say, this is a mobile port of a PlayStation game, so... The actual PlayStation game might be a lot better, although exactly. I feel like a lot of the boring problems might still persist. But at least you could see more of the screen at once, presumably. Maybe it really depends on how they decided to go about it from the original PlayStation, because it could just be a weird situation where the things are just bigger. They also might have made you move slower to account for the lack of screen space. I don't know. There are a lot of things that we don't know, but at least the Game Boy Advance port was not particularly great. So we're done with Rayman. You're not playing Final Fantasy 15 anymore. What are you playing, Jeremy? I'm. That's. That doesn't make any. What are we playing next no, week? Yeah, no, what are you making us play, Jeremy? Well, I wanted to play Resident Evil 2 because it's almost Halloween. That is true. But it turns out there's not really a port of that or any modern version available. That's why almost. they're remaking it. It's almost out. Yeah. So I was like, well, we could do Resident Evil 4. Zach just played it, but I don't have any time right now because I just got promoted, have 10 hours of overtime every week and launched another podcast. So I don't have no Resident Evil 4 time. Uh, so I was like, what's another Capcom game that's Halloween themed that we actually are dreading playing? Oh, no. So next time on Last Time, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. This has been a production of Last Time on Video Games, copyright 2018. All games, movies, and other media mentioned in this podcast are copyright their respective owners. If you wish to listen to more episodes, visit us at www.lasttimeonvideogames.com where you can see the entire archive. If you wish to get in contact with us, you can email us at ltobg at lasttimeonvideogames.com. This episode is over. Try listening to another one?